We're back on the XF52 podcast. It is Friday, January 5th, 2024. My name is Jake Luke, and I'm joined on my screen by Michael Spenex Jr. How are we doing? Doing quite well. I'm back in my house. I'm back with my computer. I'm back with my microphone. Have all of my things. I feel like for the first time, maybe since that like San Francisco preview we did. So I've been pretty rattled, running around different places, missing stuff, and feels good to be back home and ready to rock and roll here. And it feels good to be home, but it does not feel good to have the stupid Steelers team coming to Baltimore in a wet, rainy game and get off the hook. Um, I'm pissed about it. Yeah, no, I'm. it's it is kind of annoying. And we were kind of talking before we got going here that this rivalry has just been taken out to the woodshed and just run through it the last couple of years because you'd think Lamar Jackson, the end of Ben Roethlisberger's tenure, that would maybe lead to a couple of good games. There were a few as we touched on, but they really didn't go the Ravens way much of the time. And then four of the last five matchups, which we'll also get into, have featured somebody other than Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback for various reasons, some of them health. Uh, another one being that RG3 started because they were in the exact same scenario in 2019 that they are right now. So, yeah, Tyler Huntley going to be getting the nod in this one. A couple of announcements. Um, quarterback for this game uh, will be Tyler. Backup will be Josh. That's the way we'll be going with it. So John said that he wasn't going to be keeping it a secret from anyone, so he comes out today, Thursday. You're listening to this on Friday. Uh, and, yeah, he just says it. Tyler Huntley going to be uh, going to be getting the go here, getting the nod uh i think it's the right decision yeah it's not worth it like i said if anybody gets a sprained ankle that you're relying on and can't play in the divisional round then it's not worth it if you lose one guy it's not worth it and someone probably will get hurt football is a high injury sport violent sport contact sport so unfortunately you do have to play this week 18 game after you've already clinched and with that in mind though at the same time on that same note i do think that Having all of the pressure taken off of the Ravens in this game, in this rivalry or whatever it is now, whatever you want to call it, I feel like makes them really dangerous. Like Mike McDonald, I'm sure they're doing some advanced scouting and stuff. They're going to have plenty of time off. But I'm sure when you don't have any pressure on it and you can just look at Mason Rudolph and this offense that the Steelers run, and there's a couple things I'll get into that they've changed, but you can just look at it through such a lens of like, Come on, let's. You're able to pick up on tendencies. They run such a simple offense. Uh, you should be able to capitalize still. And with the Ravens having a lot of guys down, we'll get into a little more. But last week, like they had so many guys down defensively, they had both of their corners and Kyle Hamilton out. They get have other guys get banged up throughout the game. And I just think that their system is greater than their players. Like, I do think that the system is communicated and effective and consistent enough and makes sense to the players where they can play confidently. And I think that's a huge di- like everybody in the NFL can run fast and hit hard like everybody. Preseason or not, you know, expanded roster or not, practice squad or not. Confidence and football intelligence are what really define guys, and I think his system allows guys to play free. So there's a lot of exciting younger players that'll get a chance in this one, but man, I personally am sick and tired as a fan of the Steelers getting away with these seasons, getting away with their stupid fucking nine wins and their bullshit and their duck fuck, you know, good luck duck fucking Hodges that play in these games and win games and these little narratives that they have and all the Peter Schrager 
Speaking of the guy with the face, Mason Rudolph, Peter Schrager. Oh, watch out for the Steelers. Oh, yeah, the Steelers are so good. Uh, the Steelers here, going through my notes, have played – I guess it's just bust it wide open. Like, they have fired Matt Canada in Week 12. They have since played the Bengals twice with Jake Browning. The Cardinals, who – hey, the Cardinals are feisty and whoop their ass. They played the Seahawks, who I don't think are a good team. I said that earlier this year. I don't think that they are good. I think they are – the most 500 they're a Jeff Fisher team. They're the most 500 team possible. They have a little bit of talent. They have a little bit of like emergency issues and run defense and things like that. Uh, they've also played the, uh, the Patriots who they lost to like the, the Pat, like the games they've won are just absurd. They beat two divisional opponents in the Browns and the Ravens super early in the year. You know, that is where I do think Mike Tomlin's a good coach, but they have wins over the Browns, Raiders, Ravens, Rams. I believe the Rams didn't have Cooper Cup or Kyron Williams uh, and a couple other big injuries. The Titans, Packers, Bengals, Bengals, and Seahawks. Like, I, they, it's, I'm Jesse Pinkman. Like, they can't keep getting away with this. They can't keep getting away with this. They have to pay the Pied Piper at some point, and it is time on Saturday in the snow. They're paying the Pied Piper in the way that like this keeps happening to them. I'm not sure what's going on with my video there. I'm good now. Thumbs up. Um, in the way that this keeps happening to them, where they find themselves in this situation where it's winning in against the Ravens backup who have already clinched and you've got to get a ton of help. They're just, they've been flirting with 500 for years at this point. This is not the old Steeler way. Ben Roethlisberger has talked about it. That kind of, that whole culture, it's not gone per se, but it is suffered big time by their inability to replace Ben Roethlisberger. And I don't know, man, like I saw, when I saw Kenny Pickett sitting there, I was like, they're going to go and get that guy. And I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. I thought he was going to be like Ryan Tannehill, best case scenario. It seems like he's not Ryan Tannehill. And he also maybe doesn't have the mental fortitude that Ryan Tannehill proved himself to have, at least quite yet with the uh, refusing to go in and back up uh, Mason Rudolph, who, as you mentioned, is going to be starting in this one. But yeah, man, if they want to, if they want to win this game, like whatever, go ahead. And Mike Tomlin can have his little, oh, well, they don't play a full four quarter. They're going to, they're going to burn the house down. Like, cool, man. Have all your little quotes like that. Sit there, flirt with 500. When the Ravens have had Lamar Jackson healthy for a full season, they have been heading shoulders above the Steelers the last couple of years. And I know that it's a results-based business. That hasn't been the case the last couple of years for, you know, the most part. And in the head to head, it's not great. But, like, you know, if they want to get in, I'd prefer that. I'd rather see them in the playoffs than the Buffalo Bills. You can throw the rivalry out the window for the time being. I hope it comes back strong. This is always going to be my most hated franchise, with respect, of course. But it, it just doesn't move the needle for me right now at all. It doesn't. And they are still just a stupid, stupid team. I only clip one play for this one. But I've labeled this play Deontay Johnson. Before we uh, before before we jump into the uh, the preview, can I do a quick little ad read here? Oh, of course. This pod brought to you as always, and every pod really is brought to you by our presenting sponsor in Jimmy's Famous Seafood, and we wanted to give them a special shout out uh, on this one, and we will uh, going forward here for the next couple because on Wednesday, January tenth at seven p.m., our own Barstool Banks. We'll be hosting a Q&A with the Ravens' Justin Matabike. This is going to be at Jimmy's Seafood at 7 p.m. that night on Wednesday. Tickets are available at their website, uh, jimmysfamousseafood.com. So check it out. Uh, ticket gets you an autograph and a photo op with Justin, and then VIP tickets get you priority seating for the Q&A. So uh, just a quick little ad read there, but wanted to shout that out because they're a good partner of ours. We're hoping to do more stuff with them in the coming year. And uh, all the stuff that Eric's already done with the Orioles players, now uh, Brian's getting in the mix. 
Uh, it's great to see. So I wanted to quickly shout that out before we get into the preview proper and uh, go ahead with your clip. That is awesome. I don't even know that was happening. So definitely go check that out. Uh, but I've labeled this play as Deontay Johnson goof pickle. I Shout out to Cole Jackson. This, I did not know that this play happened. Uh, I had really, really, really no clue that this play happened at all whatsoever. And it just floored me. So I just didn't even know that this play happened. And I started watching last week. And I just can't believe that this team is what they are. They're absurd. So if you're not watching on YouTube, we would love if you could uh, have a little bit more video content like this coming your way. But again, literally labeled this Deontay Johnson goof pickle. Johnson is at the top of the screen. The Steelers are going to run just a simple little tight formation, kind of isolated. This kind of summarizes their offense and what they've been asking Mason Rudolph to do as well. You're going to see Johnson just run a little out. And I think the same thing happens on the other side of the screen. And they haven't, this is atypical play action. Johnson, nice throw, ball's a little tiny bit behind and just hands the ball to a Seahawks defender. Like I've never seen something like this in my life. It's unbelievable. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> it kind of feels like it encapsulates. <laughs> he, just hands, he just hands it to him. I didn't really even get that on the uh, the first angle there. It was a little choppy, but that is incredible. <laughs> I didn't know. He, about, he just hands the DB the football. I didn't know about this either. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, that kind of feels like an encapsulation of their uh, their season. Johnson has had a lot of issues. He's had some, you know, he, he seems a little disgruntled. George Pickens has been really disgruntled. He's definitely outplayed that at times. He had the uh, he had a big time dust up a couple weeks ago, and then he made that big play to uh, win the win the game a couple weeks ago. So he's kind of started to beat those charges a little bit. But Deontay's had some tough moments too. And uh, yeah, that just seems like an encapsulation of where their offense has been. It's just been a comedy of errors. We kind of saw it in that first game. They really didn't play that well. The Ravens, they had the five drops. It's been talked about ad nauseum. Don't have to belabor the point. But uh, yeah, this, you know, no matter what happens on the Ravens offensive side of the ball and no matter who sits out on defense, which we'll get to the injury report, you know, this is still, this is a coin flip game for me. Steelers are favored by three and a half, but I don't know. That, that seems a little generous to me. Yeah, since they fired Matt Canada, I mean, their offense has been more effective. They are, they have been playing a joke of a schedule, some very bad defenses and guys that have teams that have key injuries, but they're 17th in EPA per play, perfectly fine. 12th in success rate, 14th in drop back EPA per play, which is good to get it and good enough to get it done. That's all they've ever asked out of Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett and really dating back to like the final two years of Ben Roethlisberger's career. Just don't turn the ball over. Like we will run the ball, we'll play a dirty game and we'll win more than we lose. Uh, they've run the ball a ton, removing kneels, sneaks, and scrambles. So they went from second in this, which was surprising. But once I removed kneels, sneaks, and scrambles, they have the fifth most rushing attempts, but only for the 10th most yards. Their rushes have only gone for a first down on 19.5% of those attempts, which I think is 24th. They rank 26th in EPA per rush with the 15th highest success rate. So couple you know they've been able to get like five yards on first down four yards on second down like that's what they hammer uh, they run duo well in some inside zone i think that uh, james daniels and broderick jones i think broderick jones has been a difference maker for them and will be a good player for a long time but they love to combo those guys and run right downhill uh, Najee harris has turned into a much more efficient runner uh, less bouncing outside or trying to create the big play uh you know he was kind of like a slower 
Kenny Walker in ways like always, you know, very always looking for that monster play, able to do a little bit more in the pass game, maybe, but his footwork is more efficient, less steps, downhill quicker, more Gus Edwards like. And other than that, I mean, the the only thing that stands out of what has happened differently with Mason Rudolph is that he pushes the ball downfield way, way, way more. Uh, I think he was like around 19 or 20 percent of his attempts are over 20 yards, and Trubisky and Pickett both were towards the bottom of the league, minimum 50 pass attempts there. Uh, they still run vertical plane stuff. They suck in the red zone. They are horrible in the red zone. If they can't run the ball in the red zone, they stink on ice because their whole pass game is ISO vertical plane. The outs, the comeback, the hitch, and the go or the fade. And that really hasn't changed with Mike Sullivan, who took over for Matt Canada there. Uh, last week, they went jumbo. They used 13 personnel. They ran the ball on, I think, 12 out of – or no, they ran the ball on 12 out of 13 plays out of that and gained 75 yards and scored three touchdowns out of it. So their plan in the red zone right now is – like people think the Ravens run the ball in the red zone. They are not throwing the ball. Um, it's really weird. They don't use a lot of play action, which mystified me. Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph all are in the bottom 10 of percentage of their dropbacks that are play action, which is completely insane to me that they want, they've always wanted to run the ball. Canada ran the ball. They're running the ball even more now and still aren't using play action while Rudolph has been a little better pushing the ball downfield. So very peculiar to me. Uh, did not make any sense in any way, shape, or form, and just a goof pickle offense. And Pickens makes his plays. Deontay Johnson makes plays. You know, Fryermuth will rumble down the middle. Their offensive line is a little bit more consistent and congealed, and uh, especially in the run game there. But this team, man, I, I just – they lost to the Patriots and the Cardinals in back-to-back -back weeks, and they're, like, going to make the playoffs somehow. Like, late in the season – they're, they're actually, no, I take the back. They're not going to make the playoffs. I'm extremely confident that they're either going to lose or the other two teams, the Jaguars and the Bills, which will kick the Steelers out, will win. It's The football gods will not reward them for their efforts this season. I assure you of that. Again, they played Jake Browning twice. This is just the most Steelers team, I'll say since Antonio Brown left and like Le'Veon left, ever. The, the wins I already talked about, they sneak by divisional opponents. And Mason Rudolph is fine. Like, he's fine. The thing he hasn't done is turn the football over. He has two touchdowns, no picks. He does average a shitload of yards per attempt, probably because George Pickens went insane a couple weeks ago against the Bengals. Uh, had like 189 yards or something like that. So my kind of thought is that if he turns the football over once, this will be a coin flip that very well comes down to, you know, the end of the game. And if he turns the ball over twice, I think the Ravens embarrass them in the final week and send them home with their tails between their legs. Yeah, he was definitely that kind of deep shot merchant at Oklahoma State, I remember. And, uh, you know, listen, still a young guy, still plenty of time for him to be a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson, and it could start this weekend. I see that you're uh, preoccupied there, but your thoughts on that? I I don't know, man. He's a I young just, guy. I, listen, I mean, you know, a lot, a lot of career in front of him. This could be step number one. It was a minor setback for a major comeback. Maybe he'll win Wait, comeback who, player. Who are you talking about? Mason Rudolph. Oh, better quarterback I, than Lamar. He's Jackson. the guy with the. I mean, he's the guy with the face. You said that you don't feel that way anymore. I do. He's the guy with the face. He. Well, yeah, I, I he's know. he's absolutely hateable. Like I'm with you on that. Well, I thought you were talking about Schrag bomb when you were saying that. Our guy Schrags. 
Uh, Shre- no, both of them. Those are two guys with faces. He does have like, a face. Mason, guys with the face. Mason Rudolph does have a face, and we also have a little bit of a beef with him because uh, your guy, and I guess now both of our guys, Jake Funk, uh, a little bit of a history there with Jake's fiance and uh, Mason Rudolph. Despicable. Absolutely despicable. I know the franchise like that one. She's laughing right now because she doesn't know that, I don't think. But, yeah, they, they dated as well. So this is this is a rivalry game. The Ravens might want to put Jake Funk at safety for this game. Yeah, I think so. Get him out there. Maybe let him lay the wood on him a little bit. Maybe get some helmets involved. Who knows what could happen? Who absolutely knows? But I, I just think that – and I will say for the record, I did have Mason Rudolph rated higher than Josh Rosen. I had him rated higher than Josh Rosen. I was I right think, about I think that you were, one. Yeah, you were right about that one. Jeez. He's, he's hung out, hung out a little bit longer. Um, so at the same time, I was super high on Najee and he has not been quite as efficient as I thought he'd be. But nonetheless, I think that when you go look at the difference he's made by just not being a goof pickle, it's huge. And that's what can, has gotten the Steelers in this position, beating teams that, you know, I, I guess the Bengals should have beat, but then going to Seattle in a tough place to play against a team that is fighting for the playoffs, uh, I think is, uh, somewhat commendable and uh, he just understands like throw the ball away he's got I solid suck. yeah like he's got solid pocket presence he's got a good arm it's like it's just it's better for you than this like kenny pickett who's like this lo-fi Derek carr who's just like got nothing going on mitchell trubisky is gonna have three plays a game where you're just like what the fuck are you doing that was catastrophic like it's a little more stability i think is the word ideas yeah and he looks just absolutely awkward when pressured uh, on dropbacks here, let's see. I think he is. Why am I having weird data come up? I don't know. Um, Mason Rudolph is very awkward when he's pressured, but he awkwardly fires the ball to the side. It's kind of like young Joe Flacco almost. Like when Flacco would look all goofy dancing around and would just get the ball out of bounds a lot more than previous Ravens quarterbacks would. Uh, so been a little bit better there. Under pressure, he has not been horrific. He has not committed a turnover-worthy play under pressure. It is only 59 dropbacks, but he's been under pressure on 23 of those. Uh, and has completed 60% of passes. So, I mean, he just throws option routes and hitches. That's what their offense is. They'll run a couple slants, a couple posts. He'll throw some of those lollipop balls. Um, I, I just remember him having so much more zip at Oklahoma State and such a big arm to James Washington, also former Steeler, and you know the rumors of just just what a just what a quarterback. Now that I think about it, in general, in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, like, oh, we got him and James Washington. This duo is going to light it up, and then Rudolph ends up somehow lingering as the third stringer for multiple years. Loses out to Duck Hodges at one point. Has Miles Garrett dent his head in, and somehow is back. He had that like big. He had the big concussion too. They had to like cut his face mask off, and that one thing. Like he has kind of been through the ringer here. Very interesting career player and just fits into what the Steelers, the Steelers before Roethlisberger had a thousand straight Mason Rudolphs. It was Tommy Maddox who did have some success. Cordell Stewart, like Charlie Batch is in there at one, like they have had Mason Rudolph at quarterback for a long time outside of Ben Roethlisberger, who of course was also there for a long time. But uh, the thing he's doing, like I said, is just not turning the football over and running the ball. And then they, go play to their defense, which has been able to be a little tiny bit better, uh, rotate it. You know, Patrick Peterson been playing some safety, doing some of those things a little differently. TJ Watt continuing to kick the door down for every, you know, little half sack he gets after seven seconds or 
whatever the hell he does. But uh, the Steelers defense, very different from the Ravens. They run a lot of cover one and cover three and a little bit of cover two. They don't use quarters. Uh, they'll blitz a little tiny bit. And I don't know, man, just, I would just love to see this be the, the Trenton Simpson La- Laquan Treadwell game. I think that's what I want out of this game. Okay. I want to see Trenton Simpson who will get a big chance against that Steelers offense. Uh, you know, he sat behind Patrick queen who couldn't be a better example of what Simpson should do with similar, at least combine athleticism, a uh, somewhat similar frame was asked to do some similar things in college, a little bit um, man coverage and blitzing. And uh, you know, the, the thing that stinks for him is, I, I mean, I imagine Michael Pierce isn't going to play much in this. I imagine Matabike is not going to play much. Maybe Travis Jones plays a good bit with Broderick Washington and Brent Urban or something, but going to have to have those blockers. I talk about how they like to run downhill. Those blockers are going to be in your face. They want to get on those linebackers, and it's going to be a can you shuck and shed and go make a play game for Trenton Simpson there and a couple other fun Ravens that will get a chance in this one. Yeah, no, I think it is kind of the the chance to step up game. It's kind of the – you know, you would have these games in high school where, um, you know, you get the guys off the bench that everyone's cheering for them when they make a big play. Definitely wasn't me coming off the bench and, uh, you know, sinking a three in everyone's face on my one attempt of the night on senior night and uh, just getting every, just bringing the roof down in a completely just, you know, they mean well for you, but it just kills your soul a little bit that they're cheering that hard for you to score one point on the season or, you know, score one three pointer. But uh, definitely not cutting deep in any memories there. But I guess we can switch over to the offensive side of the ball and could have even opened the show with this a little bit. It's relatively significant news. Ravens signing running back Dalvin Cook to the practice squad. Uh, I think the practice squad, um, like minimum fee or max fee, is $20,000 and $600 for agreement. And then it can be you know, just minor escalations as he gets uh, elevated up to the roster, which you'd think he's going to be. He's probably not going to play in this game, having just been signed. So we, I don't think we'll be seeing much of him. But we can touch on that a little bit. And then just what do you want to see out of this offense that is going to be piloted by Tyler Huntley yet again uh, in this this big rivalry game? Well, it'll be fun to see what Huntley can do against the Blitz. Uh, definitely a shortcoming of Greg Roman's offense was not feeling super prepared there, getting the line a little bit later and, and not being able to kind of sniff that out, especially in games at home. So what are you going to have to work with? I would think Bateman maybe plays a bit in this one. I don't know about it. I guess Aguilar plays, Treadwell plays, Tylen Wallace is on the injury report. Uh, I can't remember what he was listed as. I guess I can pull up the, the PFF green line here and see if that's on there, but... That's kind of the the crew. Charlie Kohler going to get a ton of run. You hope that Isaiah likely doesn't play very much in this one because, man, oh, man, would it be fucking stupid to have him sprain his ankle and do it in this stupid game that they have to play uh, at this point. And I think you just want to see the, you know, the Steelers blitz a little bit more than average. They sim pressure a little bit more than average. They stunt a little bit more than average. So they do – that is the one thing they do that is similar defensively. Pressure-wise, they – want to be aggressive, I guess, is the best way to put it. Uh, in terms of the injury report here, Minka Fitzpatrick, questionable. Uh, Elondon Rander, no, Roberts, questionable. Cole Holcomb on IR. Demonte KZ on IR. I, I don't even remember what's up with that. Uh, they lost Quan Alexander, so their linebacker play is suspect at best. Um, I mean, Melvin Gordon and probably Dalvin Cook. I think you just let Dalvin Cook play in this one. Uh, get... Every chance in the world. We know Lamar Jackson will not be playing. Obviously, Odell Beckham will not be playing either. So 
offensive line wise, I think this is a great game to get Falele reps. Um, I, I guess McCary will probably take over most of the duty. I don't foresee Ronnie Stanley playing a lot. Um, and with that, TJ Watt, you know, this is a classic spot for TJ Watt to go stat pad. Like this is the ultimate matchup. Daniel Falele, who struggles with a little bit more of the bendy guys that can run around the corner and is a little high cut for TJ Watt to just go run around and go get his three sacks and then everybody cry if Miles Garrett wins defensive player of the year because TJ Watt got more backup tackle sacks in a game where a team rested their their players there. But uh, I mean, massive for Charlie Kohler and a nice chance for Melvin Gordon, who got a touchdown last week and I think has looked really nice this year in some limited opportunities to rumble. And you'll see Laquan Treadwell, I imagine, and, and if Tylen Wallace can go, get that chance to get that full, put that full tape out against the team that's trying to make the playoffs. And Tyler Huntley is a free agent, so I don't think he's going to be taking this one lightly. He's looked pretty sharp in the few passes he's thrown this season. Uh, has gotten the ball out pretty quick and thrown some nice balls into the end zone and has been playing with confidence. And you see in the Ravens wired that Lamar kind of runs around the locker room with him. Uh, at the end, they're like, oh, Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns. And he grabbed, he was like, Snoop, six, or whatever <laughs> it was, and grabbed him and ran to John Harbaugh, and they like collected the game ball together. So I think he's got confidence and underrated kind of free agent game for him and a couple other guys looking around. So it's dangerous. When you play a team that has nothing to lose, it's very dangerous. They don't care about failure. Does Tyler Huntley really care if he throws a pick? Like he's thrown five to the Steelers already in these games he's played. Does he give a shit if he throws an interception? No. They want to make plays and have fun. They're at home. They get to start at home, and they're feeding off a team that's 13-3. We watched this happen in 2019. We watched them go beat that Steelers team, who I think was eliminated from playoff contention already, if I remember correctly. I think they had but, an outside shot if they won that game, but they did not. Which is kind of what this is. I think ESPN has them with a 26% chance to make the playoffs. They need to beat the Ravens, and then the Jags have to lose to the Titans, which I'm not counting that out. Yeah. And then the Bills-Dolphins, which I don't know. I said on this podcast a couple weeks ago, I think that the Bills win that division, and here we are. So I think the Bills take that one still. But I don't know, dangerous team, and I would like to see the Ravens just have fun. Do stupid shit. Flea flickers, freaking throwbacks. Bust open a bag of tricks. And have a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm looking at Charlie Kohler. I'm looking at Daniel Falele. I'm looking at Trenton Simpson, Laquan Treadwell, uh, Tylen Wallace, who probably has a ton of confidence right now, laid a huge block too for Justice Hill, like we talked about in the jumbo set. So, I don't know. I would love to see them sink the Steelers. We didn't even talk about the weather, which we usually do to start, but it's supposed <laughs> to be sleety, rainy snow throughout this game, it's supposed to be around freezing. And high of 36, high of 36, 80% precipitation stuff. Yeah. So the worst, I think playing in snow, at least in my experience was a thousand times better than playing in cold rain. Yeah. Cold rain sucks. It soaks you and is so much, it genuinely chills you to the bone way more than snow does. Snow kind of just gets your skin cold. Rain soaks your soul and your spirit. So um, it's going to be messy. Like this is the messiest. This might be the messiest game ever played. The, right. and again, the parallels of 2019, if they're not there for you, that game was a downpour. I remember, well. uh, I remember a 2017, uh, Colts game against Jacoby Brissett where they're like driving down the field. It is 
dumping just buckets. The stadium had like halfway emptied out at that point. Still a competitive game, and people were just like, "Yeah, I'm good." And I, the Ravens like made a play at the end to win. And uh, I had had it was a, like a, re- a recovered fumble for a touchdown. Yeah, I, no, it was it was like a breakup on fourth down. I remember like all my friends that weren't Ravens fans were texting me like, "Oh, it's fucking bullshit! He got interfered with." And me and my brother and all our friends were just absolutely hammered by that point just like oh yeah we don't care just we, we just kept saying afc north football over and over again because i think pmt had that bit going at the time we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world but that, that's neither here nor there of course so i don't know man i'm excited I'm, ex- I'm excited for this game it's fun i think it's really fun to watch these situations and not have to take it super seriously and you have that kind of cocky arrogance as a fan where you're like oh well, we've got the one seat like Oh, the Steelers sweep. Well, well, we got the one seed. Uh, it's just, that disgusts me. Can't get swept this season by the Steelers. I don't think that's right for the karma of what the Ravens are trying to do in the postseason. I don't think, I don't, I don't know how John Harbaugh is not like a jackal in the Ravens facility right now. I don't know how he isn't like foaming at the mouth up people's butts about this matchup and Steelers week and, oh, you want to make a play? You want, you know, you think you, you've been practicing. You think you would deserve more playing time. Well, here you go. Here's Steelers week at home for them to sweep us. And I think John Harbaugh has got to feel, how do you not feel a little embarrassed if you lose this game? What is that? Seven of eight? Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. I think it's either six of seven or seven of eight, something like that. And that is just flat out disgusting. So I think that, uh, again, when the pressure is off of you like this, and it's really, I mean, you can only rest so many guys, which is the scary part but and the stupid part, but also a Mark, Mark Ingram tweaked a, a calf in this matchup four years ago, and he looked hobbled in that Titans game. So Yeah, they had a heating pad on him. He looked like shit, and took their 1,500-yard, 15-touchdown back was not able to, he shouldn't have even been playing, really. Yeah. He shouldn't have played, and they've, they've it, so... If you want to learn something, if someone does get injured in this game, which I'm sure they will, don't play if you can't in the divisional round. That is another message that they should take away from that. So I don't know. I, I think the Ravens win. I genuinely do. Much to much to the surprise of people who have been listening to my predictions for the previous 17 weeks, or I guess 16 weeks. But I think the Ravens are going to win this one. I think Tyler Huntley is going to put on a little show against them. And like I said, he's looked... He's been he gets the ball out way quicker than Lamar does and is in a system where that is way more conducive now to success and should be a little bit better spread out. And I think that the preparedness of the Ravens and the depth that they do have is why they're such a good team this season, in addition to Lamar Jackson. And they have two sound, balanced systems that can really beat any kind of tree. And I think they have better answers for the blitz. And I mean, shit. Who's playing tackle? McCarry and Falele. They play every game. There's they're active rotational players. So, I mean, what the hell, man? I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe freaking the guy whose name I can't even remember from Oregon, the guard Balualu or whatever his name is. Sala is what people are calling it. Yeah, Sala, whatever his name. I can't even. I haven't even Aluma, thought about Alumavai. I think is how you say the something along those. We'll 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 take the L on that one. I haven't even I haven't thought about that human in months have not thought about him in months so uh he had, he got reps i mean whatever probably not gonna be great but it's not as big of a disparity as i think people think it is it, it is the nfl and these guys have nothing to lose and money to earn so it's at home it's sloppy weather mason rudolph is 
a pumpkin. This is the this is the year of the backup quarterback. That is this is Survivor. Mason Rudolph, the third string quarterback, had a Cinderella game. Time to turn into a pumpkin in Baltimore against the Ravens. It is absolutely time. Are you saying Mason, your tribe has spoken? Grab your torch. My, time to head my out. My tribe, my tribe has spoken. Okay. Yeah, this really I'm gonna is. Go Ravens. I'm going to go. I think the Ravens score in the 20s in this one. I think there's going to be like 23. I think there's a nail biter for the Steelers, like 23 17. And someone ridiculous makes a play again on defense. Like Jeremiah Moon makes a play in this one to, to seal up a win. Well, that would be a full circle moment for me. My guy, Jeremiah Moon, coming through for him. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens win too. I'm going to go 17 to 14. Uh, low scoring. I think Huntley might have one through the air, but it's going to be just crappy weather. It's going to be tough to get the ball around. Uh, but yeah, I just like the Ravens are just riding high right now. And like even their backups are looking good to your point. They've been rotating in. You can't say to everybody. Yeah, I think uh, I just think that they these are two teams just trending in completely opposite directions. I, you know, for all the good that Rudolph has done in his short time there, it just like, you know, it, it just feels like the vibes are really off in this Mike Tomlin locker room and they can have their little winning season and they can keep that streak alive. That's great. I like Mike Tomlin. I respect him, but like, you know, this is just a continued charade. And until they get a real quarterback in there, it's just going to continue. So maybe it's his fault. They've had a, they've had joke offensive coordinators. Yeah, that's part of it. That's certainly part of it. So, you know, when they draft Michael Penix, uh, this upcoming uh, spring, I'm probably going to be a little concerned, but for right now, the, the, like nothing about this team moves the needle for me. The winner of this, so it's five out of six that the Steelers have won. This would be make it six out of seven if they were to. And the winning team scored 16 points in three consecutive before the 17-10 game this year. The last team to score 20 points was when the Steelers scored exactly 20 points on December 5th, 2021, when the Ravens tried to go for two and throw the ball over TJ Watt's head on just the stupidest all-around play that's ever happened, um, especially lately for the Ravens. But no one has put up any points in forever. These two teams are just it, – it's like heavyweight boxers at the end of a fight where, like, both of them got knocked down and they just have nothing left Dude, in the gas. That's you mentioned, what these offenses have been. You mentioned the record in the last however many games. The one win was in Pittsburgh with Huntley starting. He gets his bell rung and gets knocked out, and Anthony Brown comes in and doesn't throw a pass, and they just ride Gus Edwards into the ground. That's the one way. Like that, that is how weird these games have been. They have. So I think the Ravens are ready to break out. And before that, in December of 2020, prior to the last time someone scored 20 points, it was 19-14. to 14. Yeah. So the last time the over probably hit in this one, if I were to look at lines, was probably 11-1-2020, if I had to guess. Mm. They had the COVID. They had the COVID matinee game with RG three, which I think was that game, right? They would, yeah. They, they would have nineteen fourteen. I think was the Trace McSorley Hollywood Brown touchdown. They could have had another touchdown in that game if the Steelers weren't laying all over whoever the freak was carrying the ball there in the goal line before half and just laid down on them, just blatantly cheated. The refs just didn't do anything, and they they go into the locker room. Luke Wilson dropped a touchdown. Um, wow. And yeah, just a, a brutal, brutal game that was. Thank you for that memory. It was. So I think that it's time to repent. And I don't think that, uh, I don't think John Harbaugh is taking this game very lightly. And I feel like there's a sentiment in that locker room that is quietly probably 10,000 times stronger than anyone would know that they want this game. And this is the game where you get like Lamar and Odell are like hyping guys up on the sideline, like goofing around, probably, you know, 
partaking in some party favors at some point before, during, or after eating hot dogs and shit too. So this is this is the go ball out young man game. And I want to see Trenton Simpson. I want to see Charlie Kohler. I want to see Tylen Wallace. And I want to see, I don't know, who else is there? Tavius Robinson. Yeah. This is a big chance for him to get some third down reps and actually probably go rush the passer. Or Darius Washington brought back into the mix. I think he's on the active roster for this game. I think he started practicing, but uh, they, they have 21 days uh, from Tuesday to bring him back up, which who knows if they'll do or not. Okay. Uh, maybe after this one. So some young guys. Tyler Huntley's one of the better backup quarterbacks. It's the year of the backup quarterback. And again, at the end of the day, it's the Steelers' third string quarterback. So yeah. If this Whatever. is if this is it for Huntley, he's been a very respectable backup for a guy who came in as just like an undrafted free agent that like nobody wanted and the Ravens prioritized. Like they did, they did a really nice job developing him. Someone who should have gone ahead of a lot of quarterbacks at the end of that draft that was a really good player at Utah, and I think this system is going to. I think we're going to see him get the ball out lightning quick, it, yeah. unless the unless the wind is bad and the precipitation so bad they can't really throw. Then maybe it's different, but if it is somewhat of a, I suppose, legible game than in, in terms of weather. Then I think we see Huntley do some funny shit against the Steelers. And this will be known as the Laquan Treadwell Trenton Simpson game. Okay. But a fumble recovery last week. There you go, Trenton. Yeah, exactly. So young guys stepping up each and everywhere. It's great to see. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of it. If not, not the end of the world. I hope to One God. One thing we did not cover. Yeah. Pro Bowlers. Of course. Pro bowlers I was going to, yeah, I was going to close the show with that. Don't worry. But you, oh, yeah, there you go. Go yeah, ahead. Take, Sorry for your no, you, you, no, you take it. You're this is this is. You, you got know. it. No, no, no. This is Jake territory. Okay, so seven Pro Bowlers. We'll see if I can name them off the top of my head. Lamar Jackson, Justin Tucker, Kyle Hamilton, Tyler Linderbaum. That's four. Um, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. Thirteen sacks. Oh, of course, the Matter Beast. You can catch at Jimmy Seafood with one Brian Black this coming Wednesday. So, yeah, there you go. I named him off the top of my head with a little help. 14, well, I don't know what I'm saying, 14. Four first-time Pro Bowlers, and suddenly you took two Pro Bowlers last year. You took a Pro Bowler in 2020. Actually, two, because I'm at a BK with your first three picks there. J.K. Dobbins, hat. What has happened health-wise with him? Awful, but looked fantastic a lot of times when he played too. So suddenly that 2020 class, which has guys like Geno Stone, who probably could have made the Pro Bowl but didn't. People, I think some of the Ravens players are freaking out about that one. Seven interception has to be the most interceptions a player's ever had and not made the initial Pro Bowl roster, I would think. Seven picks. That usually, I think he was second in fan voting. So a lot of player and coach hate on Geno Stone, which... I kind of get, but he had seven picks, man. Just give the guy some flowers. Yeah, at least give him like the alternate or whatever. And I'm sure like when 50 guys back he out, will. He, he will, will be yeah. there. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things. But yeah, I mean, and also like for all the hand wringing about that 2020 class at the time, like just another another data point that we can, you know, kind of maybe circle back on. I'm sure we won't. Uh, let's maybe just not judge a draft class like even two years in. Give it some time. It does. I think all of those guys still in the NFL, right? Like all... 47 players they drafted that year. What was it? 12 guys they drafted? Something yeah. Like, like, yeah. I mean, and you look at that 18 class, Zach Seiler or Seiler, I guess it is. And then, you know, Anthony Averett's like a quality player. Like they're, they're drafting quality players every year. And so the narrative that like the, the gap has been closed on the Ravens in term. And I think the other thing here, when we talk about drafts and draft picks, 
you have to develop guys, man. Like they have to develop that 2020 class. Why did they need extra time? Probably because they drafted during a COVID year where there's no training camp. And we see Patrick queen now who, you know, I know, I know you said, you know, you got, it definitely brought the goosebumps out for me watching the video of Eric DaCosta telling him he's a pro bowler for the first time and how emotional he was because that guy was the seventh youngest player to ever start an NFL game at, I think barely 21 years old. Maybe he was still 20. Um, he comes after CJ Mosley who came after Ray Lewis and the Ravens had a major issue at linebacker the season before they had to go sign those vets in 2019 binds and fort and had big shoes to fill. Didn't play a lot in college and gets drafted in the first round. You remember Joe Hortiz said well, the reason we drafted him is because if he stayed at LSU, he would have been a top 15, top 10 pick the next year. So we got him a year early. They wanted the development early and fed him to the wolves. He got torn up as a rookie at times and definitely went through the ringer was young. I think he would say that he was, you know, not mature yet. I don't know if he would say he's immature. He was just a kid. It's the seventh youngest player to ever start. He's starting in the middle linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens. So for him to make that was incredible. I thought it was hilarious how unaffected and unbothered Kyle Hamilton was. Yeah, that was that was just like, like that was the most like oh yeah of course like yeah, that's that's like that when I say Kyle Hamilton like it, things just kind of come to that guy like it, good things just kind of happen to him. It, that, that, he had like the power stance. It was just kind of like had his arms folded. It was just like I guess this will like this hasn't hit me yet. He looked more. Ex- I feel he like looked, he's the type that would be like you know it would be crazy is like if I also made the NBA All Star game. Yeah, wouldn't it be gangster if we scored a shot? Like the uh, he he looked as jazzed up as I've, as I've ever seen him. Like before more than any of these accolades that he's gotten more than any of the plays that he's made, maybe like one or two. He looked more jacked up in that commercial that he did with Kyle Van Noy with the wings and the bounty. And boy, was that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, they're like reading from a piece of paper that's right off the screen there. Uh, Boy, oh boy, was that an awful commercial on his Instagram there. But hey, get your paper. Yeah. That paper. Yeah, there you go. The wings and the bounty. The wings and the back. And then Kyle Van Noy, who has like the most dude monotone I've ever heard in my life. He gave a little pregame speech, though, and didn't sound like that at all, which is funny. Yeah, I think guys, uh, when they when they get out there and they start yelling, like you definitely get it. Like Lamar's cadence doesn't sound like his speaking voice at all. Like when I posted Not that video all, of him yeah. like yelling at Zay Flowers, that yeah, that you actually spotted for me. Credit to you on that one. It, like it, it is pretty jarring. Like when they're in the heat of battle, they just you know, couple a couple octaves up. Especially in football, where it's four four seconds of car crash. Like basketball, you might hear like a ah yeah like a get off me or something like that but in football you're like oh those will come out sometimes yeah shout out to marshall yonda shout out to marshall yonda you want to go for it yeah a little some howard dean scream vibes there yeah yeah exactly so (laughs) go beat the steelers steelers week not taking it lightly backup quarterback pro bowler tyler huntley respect him over mason rudolph i'm i'm taking the pro bowler over the non-pro bowler in this one love it okay is that all we got that's all we got my friend all right well thank you everyone for tuning into this preview obviously a little bit of a a weird game to preview with all the uh, people in and out of the lineup and all that kind of stuff going on but a fun one nonetheless a rivalry game so get out there to the bank if you can it'll be a a tickets are going to be crazy cheap if you go to that game dm me on twitter come sit in my section i'm sure it'll be empty and uh, that, that's it. go to that. If it's 20 bucks and you're like around the area, just go to the Yeah, game. I won't Come begrudge on. you Come skipping on. this one at all, but like it, I think it will be a fun kind of raucous environment if you do go. So yeah, if, if you get a wild hair, get out there and have fun. Um, 
You got anything else? Do not sell tickets to Steelers fans. Sell them on Twitter to Ravens fans. Yeah, I mean, but if you do, that would be quite a sight to see them lose to Tyler Huntley and have their playoffs hopes uh, crushed. Like that video that goes around every year when they're sitting there watching the Jumbotron as C.J. Mosley picks Baker Mayfield off, and they're walking off the field, and the Pittsburgh Steelers would like to thank you for it. Just one one of the all-time great videos. So hopefully we get another one of those moments this coming weekend. Thank you guys again for tuning in to this preview show brought to you as always by Jimmy's Famous Seafood. One last plug for Brian's Q&A happening Wednesday night at Jimmy's, 7 p.m. Hit up their website to get yourself some tickets. That's going to be a good time. Shout out to our other sponsors, Fed Thrill, Black Eyed Susan Spices, promo code EXIT52 for a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a knockback uh, on their pricing at their respective websites. Check them out. Uh, check us out on social media at EXIT52podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I am at Jake Luke. L-O-U-Q-U-E. He is at Ravens 4 Dummies. That is the number four in the middle there. Brian is at Barstool Banks. Eric is at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. Taylor is at Taylor Smythe 10. Those guys actually have another another little pod, a little OG3 chop session out today on your feeds live now. So go and check that out. They had a, a fun little Ravens chat, did a nice starting five of prodigies. So go and give that a listen too. Uh, and I guess in the meantime, we will talk to you guys. See ya. Arrivederci.